0: Welcome to Energy Stew, this is Peter Roth, your host, and I'd like to ask you, how caught up in life are you, especially nowadays? Do you lose track of yourself, (laughs) Of, of your peace and quiet, of your comfort, because life is so hectic? And how do you get it all back? And I'm sure you've heard many, many times, different methods. But now we're going to talk with a man who has written a great book, and he really understands this in ways that I can, I think can spell it out for you. And I think having it spelled out just makes it a lot easier to accomplish. And so uh, I'm very excited about the author of Gain Without Pain, Dr. Greg Hammer. Dr. Hammer, welcome to Energy Stew.
1: Thank you, Peter wonderful to be with you.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you're doing this work. You know, you're you're a very accomplished person in so many ways because you're a medical doctor, you're a professor at Stanford University. Uh you work uh with uh with children who need uh great care and and yet you're writing books on um, on gain without pain, which is really about Uh, what suffering is all about or not. So maybe we can start off talking about pain and how to hold pain or not.
1: (laughs) Sure. Well, pain is as inevitable in, in life as joy, as you obviously well know, Peter. And suffering, I've heard it say, is optional. So pain is a given, suffering is optional. There's actually a formula in the book which is suffering equals pain times resistance. You know, we love formulas in medicine and I think uh, we need to acknowledge pain. We can't just sort of sugarcoat our, our belief system and the way we look at the world. We have to acknowledge that there is pain and, and the A in gain is acceptance. So as the serenity prayer would have it, we need to discern between what we can change and what we cannot change, and that which is painful or uncomfortable that we cannot change, we must accept if we are to be happy. And so the A in GAIN is acceptance. And the opposite of acceptance is resistance. So if we drop our resistance and fully accept the pain that we can't change, we notice that it's not so bad. So during the gain meditation, for example, we first find a comfortable place to sit, usually first thing in the morning after we open the blinds and do our morning hygiene. We get in touch with our breath, we slow the breath down, we use the eye and gain for intention to purposefully slow our breath and kind of prolong it. And then we contemplate that for which we're grateful, We all have much for which to be grateful. I certainly do. And then we move to acceptance. And when we get to acceptance, we might picture something that is painful. It could be loss of a loved one. It could be conflict in a relationship. It could be a physical disability, an accident, or a heart attack, or other. And we actually, as we sit with our eyes closed, breathing slowly, We bring this pain closer and closer. We imagine opening our chest, actually opening our heart, and inviting the pain in, and enveloping it with our heart, and nurturing it with our heart. And we sit with this blessing, and we focus on our breath. We focus on our acceptance. We just accept the pain and the world at large for what it is. And as I said, frequently we then notice that we can deal with this pain. So when we've, we've done this practice daily, hopefully even uh, just for three minutes, we will look back after a couple of months and realize how far we've come. And when we ask ourselves the question, can I live with this pain forever? The answer is yes.
0: Yes, and I understand that because I've been through a lot of pains in my life, and I have gotten to where I am, and realize all the blessings. There's so much gratitude that I, I've, I've learned to accept that you know life isn't easy, and we can play it whatever way we want to, and we can play it the hard way, or we can play it, you know the, the more accepting way. And it's really important to, I think, believe that everything is in divine order and nothing is out of place. And that keeps us from judging things as wrong, because even our pain is there for a purpose. There's a silver lining to everything. When I had my heart attack six years ago, it's been a blessing to have learned from it and to live with it in a way that gives me so much self-compassion and and also compassion for others. And so, you know, and there are so many other life experiences that we have that are horrible, absolutely horrible, especially loss of loved ones. And how do we, you know, accept that? And I also believe in divine order that there are no mistakes, and if everything is the way it, it, it needs to be for our growth and for the soul growth of those and even our lost ones, it's it's important to find, you know, I, I was going to say the goodness, but I want to say the godliness of it all.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's beautiful, Peter. I, I... I also believe in a divine order. I don't necessarily use that phrase, but there are two ways to look at the world, if you will. One is what might be called the materialist model, and that is that we can understand the universe by breaking it down into its component parts, and that those component parts include the makeup of our brain, and our brain gives rise to consciousness. In other words, this is, a thought-up uh, phenomenon. Um, the other way of looking at the world is the consciousness-only model, and that is that everything is made of consciousness, there's nothing outside of consciousness, and our mind and our brains arise from consciousness. And so I think that is probably the same as what you might call divine order. Because if everything is made up of consciousness, then we are not separate selves. We are all the same stuff, and there is a perfection in that that resonates.
0: I, I like that, the way you, you tidied that all up with that, you know, it's the all is one idea that that we're all here evolving in a a way that needs to happen this way. And life needs to happen the way it's happening because if it comes from consciousness, we're not making it up. Consciousness is bringing it to us because we don't make our own thoughts. We just have thoughts. And so, you know, how are we thinking? Well, whatever. (laughs) That's how we're thinking. Uh But the idea... Well, you know... Go ahead.
1: Yes. Well, I was just going to say, on a relative level, our brains are wired in particular ways. So, again, this is just on a relative level. And I believe that our brains have become wired the way they are related to tens of thousands of years of evolution. And some of those ways our brains are wired tend to veil our true nature, which is happiness. And I think... We are here today in part to discuss that uh, one of the ways our brains are wired is toward negativity. We have a negativity bias. We tend to remember the negative and forget or let go of the positive. And the other another way that our brains are wired is that we're very distracted by the past and the future in ways that are maladaptive. So it's adaptive to consider the past to remember our mistakes so that we don't continue to repeat them. It's certainly adaptive to savor the wonderful memories that we've had. But beyond that, we overthink the past, and this generates regret and shame. And in combination, again, with our negativity bias, we're very harshly self-judgmental when we look at the past and, and think of things we wish we hadn't done or said. And likewise with the future, of course, we need to plan to put bread on the table, and it's adaptive to plan for good times to come and to think of them. But beyond that, overthinking the future leads to fear and anxiety because of our negativity bias. We tend to catastrophize. We think of the worst thing that might happen, even though it almost certainly will not come to be. And so this negativity bias and this distraction with the past and future, which takes us away from the present moment, which is where happiness resides, are apparently veiling our happiness. And so the good news is that our brains have this wonderful quality called neuroplasticity. So if we have a plan, if we are intentional, the I in GAIN, we can actually rewire the way we think toward happiness. And that's what the GAIN method, gratitude, acceptance, intention, and nonjudgment, is really all about. It's baby steps, even three minutes a day, gradually Rewiring our brain toward a happier way of thinking and being.
0: Right, and I think what you're talking about is is remembering to be present in the moment, where you're not judging everything around that moment. And if we yes, can just, absolutely, you know, be purely present. And and I, I love the idea of three minutes, three or four minutes a day of of. let not. We don't have to call it meditation. Let's call it contemplation. It might be easier that you don't put stress on yourself to try to meditate.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of people think, Peter, that meditation means you have to sit in an uncomfortable position for 30 minutes without moving, scratching an itch, and without having any thoughts in your head. And so that is certainly not the case. Um, The gain meditation is a contemplative practice, so you can call it a contemplation where you're actually presented with thoughts. So you have a, uh, an algorithm of gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. And your thoughts center sequentially on these four domains. Uh, each perhaps for 30 or 45 seconds. So it's a very simple practice. It is a form of meditation. We do focus on the breath. We do sit quietly with our eyes closed. But we sit in a comfortable chair if we prefer. Um, and we actually focus our mental energy on thoughts of gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. So we're not trying to banish thoughts; we're embracing them. And so this is a very simple, accessible practice. And uh, I've found that it's very, a very effective way, to gradually rewire our brains. It's not going to happen overnight. Our brains are wired the way they are with all these uh, billions of connections or synapses, and these pathways have evolved over, as I said, tens of thousands of years, things overnight, but we can make remarkable change in baby steps, and as I said, you know, months after we begin the practice, we can look back and realize, oh, you know, when I'm being ungrateful, a little light bulb goes off, and I'm brought back to my gratitude practice, or I'm driving in my car and and somebody kind of cuts me off and I start to make all these judgments and I realize uh, I just did my game practice and contemplated non-judgment and then I have a little laugh to myself and drop the judgment. Things don't have to be good or bad. So just three minutes a day, baby steps, we gradually rewire our brains toward a, a happier way of thinking and being.
0: Right, and the more we can do that, the more we get, let's call it getting off the wheel, <laughs> just getting back into open space where we can be present with ourselves without all this other conditioning and stuff going on is, is such a blessing. And and so to remember that uh, as much as you can, I mean, m- maybe only three or four minutes once a day, but maybe, you know, you can do that several times a day. Just to be present, and then all of a sudden you have more perspective on everything, and you, and and understanding that, uh, recognizing gratitude in life, what you're grateful for, and there's so many things that people don't even think of, of that that are that they should be grateful for, <laughs> but they don't remember to be, and so I think uh, the G and gain of gratitude is. That's why I think the, the first letter of the word. <laughs> I
1: agree. I mean, it's gratitude is primary. I think we can all appreciate that gratitude is an intrinsic part of happiness. You can be poor and happy. You can be physically disabled and happy. But I don't think we can imagine somebody who's ungrateful and happy. And you're very right. We do, because of our negativity bias, we tend to focus on the negative. So we... You know we we're running uh you know we took Peter's course in marathon running, and we twist our ankle and our ankle is swollen, and we have to stop running for a while and we focus on the swelling and pain in our ankle, and we forget about the rest of our body being so healthy and what a miracle it is to have a functional body uh and be grateful for that uh so it's it's the negative things that draw our attention. And as you said, we do forget to be grateful for all the positive things. But as I said, the good news is we can change the way we think.
0: I'm remembering about that my, I met my wife running, and we ran together for many years, and then she developed Lyme disease in her knee and had to stop running. And, what you know, what a disappointment. Oh, my gosh. But then she took up other sports that she could do and And now you know she's amazing at these other things and loves them so much and It's wonderful to see that uh she's and and she's also probably the most positive person I've ever met, <laughs> so it's good to be around somebody like that and that's that actually is an important thing for all of you. Try to socialize with the right people <laughs> who absolutely bring, who bring you up rather than down. And be clear about that. Really live a life where people, well, you recognize the blessings of them, and 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 are so happy to have them in your life.
1: You know, we talk about non-judgment, and we should not confuse discernment with judgment. So we need to discern. So I have an hour to have a cup of coffee with a friend. Do I want to get together with this person who's very negative and? judgmental, loves to gossip? Or do I want to spend an hour with somebody who's positive and present and I always feel uplifted after getting together with them? I need to discern how I want to spend my time and with whom, but I don't need to judge the former individual as bad. So things don't have to be judged, good or bad, but discernment is important and and I agree with you. We do have to Being in community is extremely important, but we do have to discern and, and focus on and, and have a plan for how we want to socialize.
0: Right. And also to appreciate, have more room in our lives for ourselves to, uh, not be perfect. (laughs) To, uh, you know, I, I'm a worrier. I've worried all my life and and my wife who's so positive says i don't know how your life has worked out so beautifully all these years when you worry so much cuz according to what everybody says all this worry should have brought you negativity and it's like no i i just i people i i do worry but i worry because i think i'm it's making me smart about things <laughs> 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 so i i don't mind that and i do i've had a very blessed life and so I don't want people to think just because they have negative thoughts or, or negative, you know, ideas about things that they have to erase that. You just have to honor that that's a way for you to have better judgment and maybe learn from it, and so put perspective into it and be non-judgment non-judgmental about your judgments. And, and, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and and then from there, it it takes the 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 weight of it off, you know. If you're just processing life and just trying to be smart, good. You know, we have to be concerned about things, but a lot of people just you know there is, there is a lot of people out there in denial, and that's good for them, but some of us can't go into denial, and we have to focus on what could go wrong. Oh my gosh, I see the belly of the beast. Oh no but then i love the idea of being a powerful warrior in life and and conquering all of these troubles and i i think i've done a good job of that and i love that i love being um, a a warrior even though it, it might come from being a warrior <laughs> but well, i think, of myself
1: well i think you know, as you and I discussed before we went on the air, you have to have a plan because if you just dwell in our default mode, you're going to lapse into this negative, distracted way of being. And if we want to be happy, which is really all, I used to say 7 billion of us, I'm told it's now, it's 8 billion. So that's the one thing that all 8 billion of us want is just to be happy. And the thing about the game practice is just three minutes a day of contemplating these four domains leads to light bulb moments during the rest of the day when we're, we find ourselves being ungrateful or you said many people deny or are in denial and that's a form of resistance. And a light bulb goes off when we recognize that we're, we're denying something important that Uh, has a lesson for us, and if we practice our gain meditation in the morning and we recognize that we're denying, a little light bulb goes off and we're we're directed back to opening our heart and being accepting.
0: But maybe there's a fear of struggle that puts us into denial, and so we're not maybe handling business the way we could because we're afraid of it.
1: Yes, and I think the important thing is to recognize when we're acting out of fear and redirect ourselves back into being open-hearted and accepting. And, again, I think we have to be intentional. I love Dr. John Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness, which could well be a definition of happiness, and that is awareness or being aware of the present moment on purpose non-judgmentally so just those three concepts of presence on purpose and non-judgmentally I think are certainly within the gain realms and I think those are just the three most important aspects of life and uh, happiness we need to be present if you think of all the happiest times you've had you're always present. You're walking through the forest, you're experiencing the sensation on the soles of your feet of the pine cones and the soft forest floor. You're looking up at the light filtering through the treetops, the beautiful canopy above. In those moments you feel liberated. You you have lost a sense of separation. You feel love. You feel gratitude. You're not worried about something you did or said yesterday or the list of things you have to do when you get home. And so Happiness lives in the present moment, and to be more present, we have to have a plan. We have to be intentional because our brains are wired for us to be very distracted and not present. And finally, non-judgmentally, yes, we don't have to judge things as good or bad. In our game practice, we might, when we get to the end, for non-judgment, think of an image of the Earth, one of these beautiful NASA images with the Earth apparently suspended in space and recognize that the earth is neither good nor bad. The earth is just the planet that it is, and then it's only logical for us to think of ourselves the same way. We are neither good nor bad. We are just the person that we are, I am. And then we return to the breath and fully open our eyes, and we're ready to go out in the world.
0: That's great. But I think of life as a paradox, and we can't solve the paradox it's. I think uh, using the word irony is we can appreciate the irony of the paradox and be able to laugh at at how crazy life is and then come back to gain and and so it's it's a wonderful experience when you don't take it so seriously uh, even though it's serious it doesn't it, the, the nature of seriousness is in our mind.
1: <laughs> I agree. And so, let's have a sense of humor. Let's let's not take ourselves or life itself too seriously.
0: Right, and you know, don't get. Let's not get as heavy about it as we need. You know, might feel we need to, and and so see things ironically. Oh my gosh, it's so ironic that this happened, and it's not. I'm not happy with it, but I accept it. And isn't it crazy? Ha ha ha! <laughs> And if we can lighten up that way about things, I think we can get through it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So this has been so wonderful to talk with you. And I, I you know, it's important that you're a leader in in this, and you have a book, Gain Without Pain. And I think people really need to use your tools frequently uh, to uh, keep their uh, themselves in uh, on you know on course and enjoy life more and so uh your your website is greghammermd.com and yes and so it's um a place for people to get to and to buy the book game without pain because i think just having it maybe just even sitting on your desk will remind you <laughs> to follow it <laughs> So it's 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 incredible to have this kind of conditioning in life, because I think you know as we get caught up on the wheel of life, uh, and and are conditioned in it, we need these opportunities to separate ourselves from uh, this uh, this wheel and and uh, be present, and and then we can pursue life in, in a much with a much higher vibe. So. I'm so grateful to uh, to have the book and and the teaching of Dr. Greg Hammer and and all that he knows and does. And he's an example in himself as to how to overcome the stresses in life, the disappointments, unhappiness, and pull yourself together and and be uh, very productive and caring and uh, expand your your heart with others in life. Right, Dr. Hammer. Thank you,
1: Peter, for that compliment.
0: Well, I'm excited that you're bringing all of this to people. And uh, I want to thank you for being a guest on Energy Stew. It's such a pleasure to talk with you. It's great to be with you.